0: When my daughter was small, she's a very curious little girl. Seemed like every other word out of her mouth was why. At one point she asked me, she says, Daddy, why is the sky blue? And I said, well, that's the color that God picked out for it. And her response to that is, well, why did he pick that color? Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've always been a pretty curious guy. I mean, Certain things just make me wonder, you know? Like, why do they sell hot dogs in 10 packs and hot dog buns in 8 packs? Why are there locks on a door of 7-Eleven if they're open 24 hours? Why do you drive on a parkway but you park on a driveway? You know, during this week I I typed in why into Google and it auto-filled into Why do cats purr? Yeah. Why do cats purr? So of course I had to hit enter and find out what the answer was. And like many of you know, cats purr when they're happy, but they also purr to communicate with other cats to let them know, Hey, you know, I'm okay. I'm not a threat. Don't worry about me. Since we're going over answers, uh, meat packers sell meat by the pound and it takes about 10 hot dogs make a pound whereas bakers they they have eight hot dog bun spots in their trays that they use and 7-eleven has locks on their doors uh, because in case they get robbed they need to lock the store up or if the clerk needs to leave for some reason they can't just leave the store open and unattended and as for why you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway i got i got no clue (laughs) And all these questions, they're, they're fun to play around with, you know, just questions that come from curiosity. They're, they're fun to, fun to answer and talk about, but what about questions that come from a place of hurt or anger? Questions like, why did it have to be me that got laid off? Why did it have to be my kid that got bullied in school? <clears throat> Why did it have to be me that got in that car accident? Why did it have to be my grandpa that got cancer and died? Why, God? Do you even know what you're doing? Do you see what's going on down here? Where are you? Do you have any clue what all of us are going through down here? When life throws horrible things at us. It's easy to start questioning everything. And a lot of times when we don't get the answers to our questions, that's when doubt starts to sneak in. And that doubt can cloud up even the, the sunniest days. So today we're going to continue our series on overcoming darkness. And we're going to we're going to be talking about the darkness of doubt. You see, when bad things happen, even the strongest faith can be rocked with doubt. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of ladies whose faith was rocked pretty hard. And doubt of who Jesus is came into play. So we're going to be in John chapter 11. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open those up to John chapter 11. If you don't have your Bibles, please feel free to use the Pew Bibles in front of you. Our passage is on page 1063. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump into our scripture today. John 11, starting with verse 1, it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So we have the characters of our story. There's a guy named Lazarus, and he's sick. He lives in a place called Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. And all three of them have hung out with Jesus. They're all pretty close. And when Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus to let them know that Lazarus is sick, they describe Lazarus as the one you love. So we know that Jesus is familiar with who Lazarus is. And then John writes, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So we hear Jesus's response when he hears about his buddy. And when he finds out that Lazarus was sick, he is so concerned, he hangs out where he's at two more days tells the messenger and his disciples, this sickness won't end in death. Nah, this is all for God's glory and that God's son may be glorified through it. No worries. It's all good. There's a plan. Don't worry about it. But imagine the conversation between Mary and Martha and the messenger when he comes back. Hey, where's Jesus? Um, he said he was going to hang out for a couple more days. Well, you told him that Lazarus was sick, right? Yeah, I, I told him. He said, don't worry about it. So Mary and Martha, they're, they're taking care of Jesus, and they're trying to keep or, uh, Lazarus. They're trying to keep him comfortable, trying to nurse him back to health. And they've done everything they know to do. They're telling Lazarus, "Don't worry, we've we've sent for Jesus. He's gonna be here any minute." I mean, we've seen over and over again that Jesus has healed complete strangers, and now one of Jesus's buddies is sick, so obviously he's gonna come heal him, right? But Lazarus keeps on getting worse, and then he dies. But Mary and Martha, they're, they're still holding on to hope. They believe that Jesus will show up. He'll fix everything. He's got to be here any minute. Just, just wait just a couple more minutes. He's got to be here. And then some of their friends come and say, hey, we, we, we need to bury your brother. It, it, it's time. We need to take care of this. And so they do. And they have a funeral And they put Lazarus in a tomb. And they start to try to move on with their lives. The only difference is the hope that they used to have has now been completely exchanged for doubt. As we head back to Scripture, we're going to jump down to verse 17. And it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Oh boy. Not only is Lazarus not getting better, he's dead now. The people are coming from towns next door to give their condolences To Mary and Martha. And then Martha hears that Jesus has finally showed up. And she goes out to meet him. Martha goes out, but Mary stays back. Most likely because she's so upset, she doesn't even know what to do with herself. But verse 21, it says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Now, Martha is a very black and white person. She's all about facts. And the facts are that Jesus didn't show up when she asked him to. The facts are that her brother is dead and Jesus didn't do anything to help. It's not that she isn't sad. Of course she's sad. She's just looking for some sort of reason why he didn't come when they asked Jesus to show up. So she asked Jesus, how come you didn't heal my brother? And when Jesus tells, tells her that, hey, your brother's going to rise again, she assumes that he's just trying to comfort her. Kind of like when you lose a, a loved one and somebody says, hey, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, but you're going to see them again. And she says, yeah, I... I know I'm going to see him again. And kind of, kind of not quite sure what to do with that. But then Jesus, knowing that Martha is one who deals in facts, just hits her with some facts. He says, I, in the resurrection and the life, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus tells Martha, you know who I am. Are you doubting that? You've seen the miracles. You've heard the stories. You've seen the proof. Do you believe in me? And Mary responds in verse 7. I'm sorry, Martha responds in verse 7. Yes lord she replied i believe that you are the messiah the son of god who has come into the world and after she said this she went back inside and called her sister mary aside the teacher is here she said and sh- he's asking for you when mary heard this she got up quickly and went to him so martha was kind of comforted by jesus hitting her with facts and she wanted her sister Mary, to hear the same thing from Jesus. So she goes in to find Mary and says, hey, Jesus is out and he wants to talk to you. And once she finds out that Jesus is out there, she goes out to see him. But she doesn't ask any questions. She says in verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. you ever been in a situation where something just kind of hits you out of nowhere? And after you kind of catch your breath, you wonder why God allowed this to happen? Like maybe God seemed to have abandoned you. When you're in that situation, maybe you felt a little bit like Mary does here. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, we wouldn't have lost our house. Lord, if you had been here, I wouldn't be struggling with this anxiety. Lord, if you had been here, my car wouldn't have broken down. Lord, if you had been here, my wife wouldn't have left. Lord, if you had only been here, where were you? As we turn back to our passage in verse 33, it says, When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who were come along with her weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. The next verse in the Bible, verse 35, is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. It's just two words. But in my opinion, it is one of the most powerful scriptures in all of the Bible. Jesus wept. Imagine the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Son of God, overcome by seeing his friends, Mary and Martha, seeing their pain of losing their brother and one of his friends. He didn't just feel sad. He didn't just shed a tear. No, Jesus wept. Now don't forget, Jesus knows what's going to happen. He knows the end of the story. And even though he knows the end, that doesn't change the fact that two of his friends, Mary and Martha, were heartbroken. Because they just lost their brother. And he was overcome by their emotion and their pain. And as we continue on with our story, verse 38 says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. So Jesus is still a little bit shaken up. But when he gets to the tomb where Lazarus is buried, he says, All right. Let's do this. Move that stone. And then Mary, or Mary Martha says, wait. You know, I read when I was doing some studying for this, I read a saying that said, you know, Martha was kind of doing this whole passive-aggressive thing. Jesus goes to move away the stone. And she says, wait. Lord, if you, if you move that stone, it, it's really going to stink in there. And you want to know why it's going to stink in there? because my brother has been in there for four days. It's not like you just missed him. It's not like he just died. He's been there for four days. But Jesus, he just lets all this just slide right off his back. And it says in verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. And when he said this, this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love when they roll the stone away and Jesus starts to pray. He prays loud enough so that everybody can hear him. He's basically telling God, look, you and I both know what's about to happen, but they don't know yet. So I want them to know that this is all coming from you through me. So, all right, let's make some magic here. And then he speaks and a dead man walks out of his tomb. It's a pretty great story, right? We've talked in the past about different stories that different gospel writers have written from different perspectives. This one is a little different. John is the only one that puts puts this story in his gospel. Jesus bringing a dead man back to life, and John is the only one that said, yep, we're going to put that in. And I think, I think the reason why is because this one isn't like all the other healing stories. I mean, there are plenty of different stories where Jesus touches someone and they're healed. There's the story that we're actually going to be talking about next week where a woman touches the edge of Jesus' cloak and she's healed. There's even a story where Jesus didn't even need to be there. A, a centurion, a Roman soldier He he says to Jesus, hey, my servant is sick. If you just say the word, he'll be healed. And Jesus does, and and he was. But this is the first time that somebody asked for Jesus' help, and they got silence. Both Mary and Martha had faith in Jesus. Jesus. They asked for Jesus' help, and in return, he didn't show up. When Lazarus first got sick, they knew exactly what to do. Hey, let's just get Jesus here. Go, Go get Jesus. He'll make everything better. They stayed with their brother, taking care of him with the hope that Jesus would show up, and then their brother died. And they had to go through burying him and having a funeral, And at no time did Jesus show up until it seemed like too late. I think John put this story in his gospel because with the help of the Holy Spirit, he he knew that there are times when we all think that God isn't moving fast enough. There are times when we all doubt God but this story provides an example where it seems like Jesus wasn't there and it seems like Jesus didn't even care. But even when it looks like the story is over, never forget that Jesus decides when the story is over. I'll wrap up my message today with a a story that I heard about a famous painting. It's called Checkmate and it's in a uh, famous art museum a picture of, of the devil playing chess with a man. The devil is smiling and the man has his head in his hands. Looks like he's about to lose. And in this museum where the painting is there's a tour going through and the tour guide introduced it said this is called Checkmate about a man who played chess with the devil and he lost. And they looked at the painting for a while, and then the tour moved on, but one man stood there, just staring at the painting. A little while later, the tour guide came back, and he said, you know, our, our tour has moved on. Are you going to be joining us? And The man said, you know, I've been staring at this painting. The tour guide says, yeah, it's called Checkmate, about a man who lost to the devil playing chess. He says, yeah, I heard you say that, but... I got a problem with this. He says, a, a problem? He says, yeah, what, what, what's, what's the problem? He says, well, you're either going to have to change the painting or you're going to have to change the title. He says, really, why are they going to have to do that? And the man revealed that he is a world champion chess player. He says, you know, as a world champion chess player, I spend my life playing chess. It's all I think about, it's all I do. And I've been staring at this picture and I see things that a lot of people don't see. And I'm looking at that board and the game's not over yet. The king still has one more move. Friends, it doesn't matter how hopeless your situation looks. It doesn't matter that it seems like God has been silent. When your life seems to be getting darkened by the shadows of doubt, but God doesn't seem to be listening, or is even there at all, just remember the king still has one more move. He caused a dead man to walk out of his tomb by saying three words. He can change your life just as quick. All you have to do is just let him. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, thank you so much for today. Thank you for overcoming our doubt if we just let you. So many times we we let the world take our focus and not you. And that's when we seem to doubt that that you're even there or care, but we know that your timing is perfect and everything that you do is perfect. Lord, please give us the strength to be able to lean on you and trust you no matter what we see. Lord, thank you just so much for everything, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.